Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. You're Tim Chelswick. You're Matt Drury, and we are powered by DeerCast. That's right. DeerCast, by the way, deep tease. We've been teasing it, deep tell. teasing it for like a year and a half. <laughs> this summer, got something special. We're going to launch new features, new twist. <laughs> more deep teases we can't say much in case we know we're not ready <laughs> the big teases this summer we're we're delivering more deep teases that's right i promise we're gonna it's deliver coming. this time oh yeah we've been testing it it's got to come out oh we a lot of testing lots of testing which gives me the hives i hated testing in school i hated testing eh. I just winged it, just really? like I'm doing this. Huh. Maybe that's why I hadn't launched. <laughs> you know, I uh, I winged a Jake on the second uh, the second day of turkey season. You suck, Matt. Tim. Yeah. It was crazy. They came in gobbling. It was awesome. I had all the cameras going. I was self-filming, and I was like... Tim hunts with archery equipment. Like... An idiot. <laughs> yes, yes. I've been telling him. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't do it. This particular property, I can't hunt with a gun. It's uh, it's a subdivision. Who do you think you are? So, Working class uh, bow hunter. <laughs> this is much. 100% wild podcast. <laughs> did I mention? We use guns. Did then. I mention I was in a saddle? <laughs> no, you didn't. I that was would two be feet awesome. off the ground. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> What's that young man doing out there? <laughs> He's laying in wait. Yeah. I wasn't intending on shooting you a You were in the roost tree. <laughs> <laughs> Silently climbing up. Oh, Don't man. wake from your slumber. Yeah, but I felt so stupid because you know because they came in gobbling. One came like right into the avian decoys, had a three sixty camera on the back of the, of the decoy, and I was thinking this Fancy. is super cool footage. And I turned sideways, and the arrow just hit his wing just wrong, and clipped off like a bottom quarter of it, hit the bone like the bone of the wing, and they all went running away. So. <clears throat> Forgive the ignorance, but what happens to the turkey at this point? Does he live or does he die? I think he's a ground bird. Like, it was a clean cut. Like, so he's not, his vitals, nothing like that. Like, he didn't, but he can't. It was just fly. like someone took a pair of wire snips and snipped part of the bone off the end of his wing, and he's good otherwise. So as long as he stays in that neighborhood, I think he's probably... Good, but he's a ground bird. Maybe you should take a shotgun with you this weekend and see if you can get another crack at him. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem. It's a it's a pretty small subdivision. Oh, and so the you gun can't fa- use yeah, the gun factors. Ah, I'm an yeah. elitist. So, Sorry, <laughs> it's a little Damn tough in there. <laughs> but I will bring the saddle. Uh, yeah, well, that sucks, man. Yeah, for you, you and the turkey. You never. And he was like the boss bird of these jakes, so now he's probably been knocked down a couple pegs in the social hierarchy. Yeah, but yeah, that was the breaks. But I was thinking fried turkey nuggets. Well, sure. Yeah, I could so, almost taste it. So I know, I know you've done this before, and, and I'm not, uh, I'm not pointing fingers because I've never archery hunted turkeys. I have no desire. It seems really harder than I'm equipped for. <laughs> so the thoughts between waiting for a long beard or shooting a Jake. Yeah. So that thought crossed my mind. Um, 
and I was thinking it's early in the season. I never kill two birds in a season. I don't, I don't think I've ever done that. I've never done I that. I just don't, I don't turkey hunt enough. Same. And so I was like, ah, he's right here. The footage would be great. I'd love to get some, uh, some turkey nuggets. Like it sounded really good. And I got my daughter that wants to hunt. So I, you know, I could just be happy and kill this Jake and, and move on with things. Didn't turn out that way. Well, it's unfortunate, but sometimes that kind of stuff will happen. I mean, there's no yeah, way yeah. around it. I mean, what was it? He was too close or what was the situation? Why? I, I just like, I, I, I hit the wing bone dead on with so, the broadside. So which way is the turkey facing? Well, he had turned broadside. Okay. And, and, and you're I, aiming where? I was, I was shooting midship, like pretty much center mass. And it just hit. A, and I think he was so close you know, sometimes those close shots are a little harder because how many yards? You're like he was like four or five steps. How do you when you're archery hunting? How do you where do you aim? I mean, like it's so close, it's just coming straight out and it's hitting them. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. there is no aiming. Yeah, I mean, there really there's there's not a whole lot of precision in in it at that point because they're pretty much like you 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 pull up the the sight housing and it's the bird the is thing. filling up the sight housing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like you try to, try to tuck it like right up above the wing bone, kind of where it joins the body. Uh, but this shot just came out lower, which sometimes happens those lower shot, those, those close in shots, like really close in shots. Cause the air, like on, on its trajectory starts out lower and kind of arcs like this. And so if you have a shot that's real close, it's going to hit a little lower than what your pin is showing. And so like, I just need to do more practicing with really close in shots. Practice. We talking about practice. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, the failure train continues. So if you, if you want to feel good about yourself, like this is the podcast to listen oh, to. Oh, no doubt. Always has been. <laughs> I, I, uh, I tricky hunted on Saturday, all, hunted from first light till one o'clock and uh, saw a hen, but then found some morels. Mm. Like, all right, some salvation here. I'm leaving the property with morels. I, I did find some sort of food. And then I proceeded to leave them in the back of my truck in a tied up plastic grocery bag and they liquefied overnight. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> I opened up the bag and I took a whiff. <sighs> it was bad. Yeah. There was no salvaging them. They turned a soup in the bag. Morel soup sounds good, but not when you slow cook it in the bed of your pickup truck. What's this guy's deal? I don't know. Do we have that sound bite? No. We need it. We should. Well, as you may or may not have figured it out, we don't have a guest today. Oh, crud. <laughs> we just get to tell more stories of failure. So listen, we've we've had a really good stretch of good guests, great guests. It was bound to dry up. And we had somebody that we were trying to get this week and it kind of fell through and we talked about it. It's like, you know what? It's been a while since we've done a solo show. We haven't done one on the new set yet. Um, we had turkey season updates to go over. Of course, I could talk about the farm and kind of the process of where we're at. Cause we haven't talked about like totally done a complete rehab of the house. You know, like we haven't sure. talked about yeah. any of that stuff. So that's kind of what we got on the docket today. Of course we got the wildlife word. We got a uh, question of the day. We got shout outs, uh, rack pack members, all that good stuff. Should so, we say who that guest was that you're referring to? No, I don't want to. <laughs> I'll say it. Pat say Jack. <laughs> Magically. <laughs> He just didn't want to do it. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. So we're trying for Vanna. I would love that. <laughs> that would be great. 
sitting on the plane next to her, next to Vanna White. Like that's Nelly, second Nelly reference in a three week span. Wow. That's right. We're on a Dustin roll. Lynch podcast had a Nelly <laughs> reference. The way your dad brought him up in the, in the show was just great. Dad loves Nelly. <laughs> it was just so matter of fact about it. Well, and, we were talking music. Why not bring yeah, in? I mean, your dad's hip. A 2000s hip hop legend. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know what? Of all the podcasts that we've done in the last few weeks, I mean, Dustin's was fun. We had a good time with that one, but <laughs> I enjoyed the Daniel Hayes one as much as anything, the, the last podcast that we did. A uh, lot of good memories, a lot of good information yeah. from him, and they're doing great things with that Habitat stamp, uh, the turkey stamp. So I'm glad I found out that that was not a U.S. postage stamp because I had put that all over my tax returns and sent it off to the IRS <laughs> on April 14th. Well, why they it's call a it a stamp then? It's, good. <laughs> it's really their problem. It's not a po- anyone can make a stamp. <laughs> hey, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. He literally said like a seven-year-old can do it's it. It's not a U.S. postage stamp. <laughs> kind of thinking about me and Cam making a stamp. Hey, check it out. Catfish yeah. boys. Yeah, that's right. Well, speaking <laughs> of, so we, uh, we finally... I'll backtrack a little bit. So the farm, the new farm that I purchased at the end of November, we closed on it uh, through the end of deer season, really hadn't done much work on it, you know, just trying to finish out the deer season. Um, So basically about mid-January, we started renovating the house. It's got a little 1,200 square foot house on it. And um, we started the renovation process. Mm -hmm. And so we ripped everything out of it. Um, We've, you know, basically start started from scratch and new, um, you know, whole new, we had to do some taping and mudding and new uh, layer of paint on everything, new baseboards, new cabinets. I found a bunch of uh, old, well, really, they're not that old, a bunch of uh, used appliances on Facebook marketplace mm-hmm. for a pretty good price. And, um, so it looks like all stainless steel appliances. Like, so we, we took about, it's probably about two months. It took us to, sure. you know, cause it's like a day here, a day there, mm-hmm. a Saturday here, you know, and I had to line up some, some crews because some of the work I just wasn't able to do or skilled. <laughs> I had no skill. So, you know, uh, the guy that, that renovated my kitchen last year, uh, Eric Lurk, he's got Lurk, uh, um, Lurk built is his company. He's related to Justin and Jared actually. So anyways, he came up and he laid, he put, set the cabinets for us and the countertops and all the good stuff. So anyways, house was finished up. My goal all along was to finish the house before Turkey season. Yeah. I don't know if we could or couldn't, but my thinking was, Hey, Turkey season comes. That'll be the first time we'll be able to stay in the new place. Totally redone. When you say we, do you mean like you and Scott or the family? Uh, yeah, or? any and all, whoever. Okay. It's got two bedrooms, um, uh, one bath, and then big living kind of space where it's open, you know, kitchen, living room okay. area. And the bedrooms, you know, for the spare bedroom, I got like two full size, a bunk bed, what's got a full size under, you know, on the bottom floor or level or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then another full size bed, and then we've got another bed on my side. So okay. you could fit. Theoretically, you could fit, well, if you start throwing out like, you know, air mattresses and stuff, you could probably fit six, eight people in there pretty easily, but, you know, easily four or five. So turkey season comes, I'm thinking, all right, we're going to have a place to stay when planting season and all that stuff happens. Like we don't have to worry about anything with the house. It's all done. And we're jumping into what we're really supposed to be doing here, which is making the property better and starting to create some habitat for the wildlife. Cause it really, I mean, it's got a really good mix of 
timber versus ag it was like 60 40 i mean it's a pretty farm it really is and um but it lacks cover the the timber that's there is pretty thick like they did some tsi it's okay. got a lot of um cedars on it and it, it's got good cover um what's there but it's not enough is mm. the problem and so we're you know we've we had a photo shoot there for mountain dew and for jury outdoors and mark and taylor and and terry came and we got to kind of walk around the property and look through it and they gave me their you know advice on what they would do How nervous were you <laughs> well, well that was actually the real goal to get the house done and it was basically done by then was early March when they came. Mm -hmm. And so we, we did get, get it done. You know, the appliances weren't all the way hooked up and stuff like that, but it was basically like more or less done. Sure. So that was like the first goal, but no, I was, I was, I was not nervous, but I was curious as to what they would think of the property. Cause neither one had Mark didn't know anything about it. And dad had seen aerials and stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of told me his thoughts on it when I bought it. But, you know, it's one thing to look at an aerial. It's another thing to walk around the property and really see what's no there. Yeah. And, you know, and, and dad really seemed to, and I don't know if he was doing, he's not the one to, that usually will just go and give you blank, um, um, nice compliments for no reason. Sure. So I assumed when he was saying he li really liked it and he really liked the farm that he was being genuine. Uh, so that was nice to hear. Cause it's like, man, I'm nervous as hell. I don't know anything about Adam, you know, with yeah. this thing. And so I'm trying to understand it better. It's one thing to listen to it your whole life and, and pick up tips. It's another thing to put them into practice you know, especially when the stakes are so high mm -hmm. financially. So anyways, um, he really liked it. You know, we came up, kind of devised a plan for food and, and cover and all that stuff. And, and Mark had his input, which was, was really great and helpful. And, um, so there's a farmer that farms the, you know, they, they had cash rented the farming out okay. the previous owner had, and there were no food plots on it. And so, um, you know, I've gotten together with the farmer and we've kind of looked at heat. There was only certain areas that of that 40 acres that he really wanted. Basically, the kind of the bigger, wide open fields, not these little. Sure. Hidey Easier to farm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he's keeping all that stuff. And, and then I'm I'm taking a bunch of the other stuff and you know, taking it out of production and doing what we're going to do. A lot of like switchgrass and, you know, some clover and maximum and uh, radishes and just kind of try to have a variety of things, yeah. you know, and one thing that I didn't realize is that they were saying that how long it takes for the switchgrass to basically be relevant. Like it, mm. it, it'll take a couple marks, like it, it'll look like crap for, a couple of years before it really, know. yeah. He's like, you just got to stay after it and, you know, mow it a lot. And I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's a learning process. So we're getting ready to actually do that. Scott's up, up at the farm today, actually um, doing some spring and we're going to start hopefully turning some dirt and getting um, at least uh, clover in. And, and, and then we're going to talk tomorrow with a group of guys, uh, Tim Sigler being one of them, um, who, you know, has been with Drew Outdoors on the team forever. He used to work for Mark and Terry, but they're going to come in and, and help us with the switch. Cause Mark's like, man, you really need to, if it's not something you've ever done before, you really need to. <laughs> Don't want to experiment with this. Yeah. You know, talk to somebody that's, you know, competent in planting that yeah. style yeah. of you know, of, of cover. He's like, it's just different. So different kind of drill and all that stuff. So anyways, um, that's what we're working on right now. It's exciting. Um, but 
going back to your point about the catfish, we finally had a chance to stay at the farm, like stay overnight at the farm for the first time. And it, the first night it was just Cameron and I, cool. and it was really fun. I mean, we've, you know, I've been begging anybody that'll listen to come up and stay the night. I'm like, Hey, come, you know, Miranda, the kids come up and that they, the kids I could tell are excited, but if she doesn't want to go, it's like, you know Sets how it goes. Like mom, mm-hmm. the kids want to be with mom. <laughs> that, that's it. So, uh, she had other plans. Well, it was in the middle of the week, so she couldn't go. Um, but I basically, I took Cameron and, uh, we had a great night, you know, fun, you know, fun. We, we hooked up Nintendo switch there in the house. And so, Sweet. you yeah. know, I'm trying to make it something that he likes to do. And then during the day, you know, we got out there and we got up early, listened for birds. I, I was pretty set on Scott was Scott and Alan here had a managed, uh, tag over Bush wildlife. Yeah. So they had four day, the first four days of the season, they couldn't, they were hunting that. And so uh, I didn't have a camera guy for the first few days, which wasn't a big deal, but it gave me an opportunity to go listen and kind of scout because we really had never, I had no idea where the birds were. I just kind of had an idea from what the a couple pictures, you know, my yeah. cell camera and then what the previous owner had said. So we got up and we listened in the morning off the front porch, which was really cool. Like to be able to, I'm so used to with these leases having to drive yeah. an hour and a half, an hour, hour, 45 minutes, what, whatever, yeah. like going turkey hunting. Really? It's like rut hunting and turkey hunting are brutal because you're getting up at, the ass crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so it was nice. Cause hell, I got up at quarter to five, Sweet. you know, got dressed and went out the front door and listened. Yeah. And it's like, ah, this is, I really <laughs> like it here. This is done. how it should be. Uh, so it was cool. Got him up. We listened, we heard probably three or four birds oh, and, great. um, I kind of, nothing was on me. I could tell, but uh-huh. you know, just three, 400 yards away, probably, um, on, on neighboring properties. And so we kind of went around and I'm, you know, struck a little bit and tried seeing if we can get anything to act right and maybe come in and we'd set up and we were having no luck. So we go back to the cabin and, uh, he went inside and was eating and, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to strike one more time. This, this part of the property, this West Western edge of the property, I'm going to hit it one more time, hit it turkey hammering it. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to set up a blind. Mm. So I goat rope and hauling all the crap down to the edge of the property. And, you know, two blind chairs, a blind, two decoys, the gun, (laughs) the vest, the kid. (laughs) And, you know, he had nothing and I had everything. Mm -hmm. Like a pack rack going down to the end (laughs) of the field. And he's uh, just prancing along. Oh man. I can only imagine what he thinks of me. Cause I'm, I'm like sweating my butt <laughs> off and I'm like popping up this blind. I'm struggling with the blind. And, you know what I mean? Yep. Like I, cause I'm trying to hurry is the problem. Yeah. Uh, you it's know, it's urgent. Yeah. And I'm like, stay behind me, you know? And I'm like, we're trying to be quiet and I'm trying to get close enough. So hopefully it'll, you know, we'll be within range where they'd be able to see a decoy and come in and yeah. get all set up. And, uh, I am sweating and, and it's, it's just one of those things where finally I get set up and I'm like, all right, put a mouth call in. I, I tried calling and, uh, nothing. All right. Try slate call. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He looks at me. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> that was a waste. <laughs> we need that a try. Yeah. How about Let's go switch? get breakfast. <laughs> we stayed yeah. there for about an hour, you know, an hour just because at that point I'm like, we're staying here. And, yeah. uh, that was day one. 
So it's all good though. It was fun. We then we went to breakfast, went into town, got breakfast. He had a huge donut. Like we had a good time. This yeah. guy, this is the coolest thing. So we're sitting at this little cafe mm-hmm. and this Vietnam veteran came up. He had a hat, you know, hat on said he was a veteran. He came up and real character this guy was. And we were in line. My son had a Cardinal baseball hat on uh-huh. and uh he's like oh you like the cardinals he was he started telling us a story about you know him seeing brock and gibson and you know all that back in the day and uh and uh so you know just super nice we get our food we sit down and all of a sudden he comes back up to us and he's got he starts talking to my son he's like uh you look like you know you got a birthday coming up and he's like when's your birthday and it's you know it's in august and he said that and he's like here's twenty dollars he gave him a $20 bill and he goes, I want you to buy yourself something for your birthday from me. What? Yeah. And then he's like, and here's a penny. This is a good luck penny. And because we had told him we, we were, <laughs> he, we told him we were going hunting and he was hunting too. And he was morale oh, okay. hunting and all this stuff and just nice as could be. Okay. And, um, so I thought, man, this is really cool. So we, we get, you know, we get, we get done eating and we're getting ready to leave. And I wanted to, I want to go over and say, thank you. And, mm-hmm. and, I wanted to take a picture with Cameron and the gentleman to show Miranda. Yeah. He was talking to another guy who was super friendly. <laughs> he was talking to somebody else. That's his court. While we were there, a lady comes. Uh, she said her age. She was 70 years old. She came up to us and she's like, oh, I just really appreciate a father and a son making memories like this. And she said Jeez. to Cameron, really remember this day and all this. And I was just like, he's like, why? We got in the truck. He's like, why was everybody Do talking to help, us? Because another guy came up and just said hello. And I go, bud, this is a this is what small towns are like. These are friendly people. This is just normal. This is normal. This is how most everybody is like that. And I love this. This is what I grew up in a town of 400 people. I mean, this is it. And, uh, he's just like, yeah, this is really cool. And so we went over to Orschland's cause that's the only, it's the only little kind of store that's in town Mm -hmm. and a farm and home store. And we walked in and said, Hey man, you can do whatever you want with that 20 bucks. If you want to buy something or save your money, I'm always talking about saving the money. Whereas others in our home are always talking about, let's get stuff. Others. <laughs> so mm. I'm trying to say, Hey, why don't we save it? Let's put in a piggy bank and, you know, maybe put in a savings account, college account or whatever. I was like, but it's your money. If you want to buy something, you see a toy or whatever you get it. So we're walking through and they got toys there and he's looking at him and he's in pig into Nerf guns and he's looking at Nerf guns. He's like, nah, it's like, I'm going to save it. And we walked through the whole store. I got a couple things that I needed to get. And then we get over to the fishing poles mm-hmm. and we got this huge, it's a acre and a half pond right outside the front door of the house. It's beautiful and uh, really well kept. And, and we haven't fished it yet. I'm, I haven't fished at all. And frankly, I don't have a, I don't have a fishing pole. I, I never fish. Mm-hmm. And I could count on one hand the times in my life that I've fished. And, um, so he says, I want to, I want to buy a fishing pole with my 20 bucks. And I was like, shit, I, I don't even know how much they are. I, I assumed 40, 50, 60 bucks for an average size or average fishing pole. I had no idea. So he picked one out. It was sixteen ninety nine. Hey. It was a Zepco. Hey. It's like it's not a kid. It's like a normal fishing pole. I, was I like, noticed in the the videos, like that's a legit fishing rod. Well, that was probably Scott's that <laughs> you're seeing. Gotcha. Okay, so so he bought it, and then I was like, shit, I will buy a pole, you know. So we bought some stuff, and um, so so with that twenty bucks, he bought a fishing pole, and I I sat, we got in the truck, and I said, you have no idea 
that that gentleman gave you a $20 bill that you bought a fishing pole with that you'll get more enjoyment out of your $20, which you got change back with that $17. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more experiences and enjoyment out of this $20 bill than you will with anything in your life. Probably. Yeah. I said, and, and that gentleman, my guess is, is that was exactly what he was looking for. And so it was just really fitting kind of the day, how, how it was going and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Well, so we go, we go to go fishing and, um, well that first day we were going to feed the fish cause we have the, the previous owner had a big 50 you know pound bag of catfish food that he left. Sure. And so I was like, Hey, let's go just see what's in this pond. I'm not, I've not fed him or anything since we owned it. So we got a bunch of fish food and we went over there and this is pretty funny. So like, you know, we always try to do this real wild clip of the week, you know, powered by DeerCast. So this is the real wild clip of the week. I set my phone up. He wanted me to hold him up so he could throw out fish food into the pond. <laughs> okay. What could well, go wrong? We were downwind of where we threw. So let's roll that footage. Picking him up. All right. So we're picking him up. I got the camera set. And it's hard to tell. All of the dust from the catfish food, it's in his, it's in his eyes I right here. It got, it got in his eyes. It got in my eyes. And we're, you know, and he's screaming. I come to the phone. Okay so yeah. you had a good laugh watching the video, didn't you? <laughs> he's recovered. Are we having like the best time at the farm or what? Now I feel like I'm done fishing. We haven't even fished yet, but... And he's a pickpocket. Yeah, he had his. He's got a pocket knife they got from Boy Scouts. It was in my pocket, so he picked that out. Yoink! That's the kind of this, cool this fun stuff you get to do at the farm. It's amazing how kids, for kids, like their world changes on the drop of a dime. You know, like he was just screaming in terror oh, yeah. about, "I'm blinded for life from yeah, catfish yeah. food in the eyes." <clears throat> yeah, and now I'm giggling and pickpocket. well. So I had so so to kind of settle him down, and he wasn't like he was just like. It was in his eyes, and I guess it was like a sand kind of a feeling in yeah. your eyes. You know the feeling. And so I was like, hey, check this video. I filmed it. Let's see what it looked like. And we, he laughed and laughed at himself <laughs> screaming, you know, and he laughed and laughed. And it's just we were having fun. Yeah. And I'm like, man, to me, it was clicking. And I think it was clicking for him. Like, this is why I got the farm. Yeah. This is the whole reason. I look forward to Lola coming and joining us, Marina. Crap in her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Put her downwind and see what I can throw at her. <laughs> this is tradition. This is fun, this honey. Family. <laughs> We're having fun. Why are you crying? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, we drove around on the tracker and he was able to drive and Cool. You know, we were looking for morels, which I hate to break it to these kids, but, you know, one deer season comes around, nobody's walking through the woods. Intrusion. (laughs) Intrusion. Yeah. But, you know, this is what this time of the season is all about. Yeah. And we've never really got, I've experienced it with dad. They've never experienced it with me other than a little trip to dad's place here and there. You know, it's just... Mm -hmm. You've got a, a place now to do it. Yeah, so very excited, and and I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's all clicking for them, and so we ended up having a great day. Cameron, the ne- so that night Scott got there. He was going to film the next day, film mm-hmm. us hunting, and we went fishing. And Cameron caught the very first fish uh, from the pond, not with the fishing pole he bought. It was with Scott's pole, mm-hmm. um, and then it was just a fun. It was fun. He caught the first fish. Yeah, here we go. First first fish out of the new pond. Yeah, hefting up a nice nice sunfish there. And that's right. What was he using? I don't know what Scott had on, on his... 
Looks like some kind of jig. But it was just awesome. And we caught, Scott probably caught five, six fish. Cameron and I each caught a couple fish. We caught catfish. We caught crappie. We caught bluegill. We caught a bass. I mean, it Sweet. was it was awesome. Yeah. So he's uh, he's all in now. And, you know, we had to go home because he had a baseball game. And he was like, man, he goes, I was just getting used to it, Dad. That's what he said to me. He's like, I was just getting <laughs> just used to it. He just to live there. Yeah. I was like, bud, we can come anytime we want to. It's working. The plan is working. That's right. So. Last night, Beth's like, hey, would you take a look at Bo's belly button? Bo, show daddy what, what's up with your belly button. And he walks over and uh, pulls up his shirt. And sure enough, there is a tick uh, inside the belly button. And Do you get tweezers? So or? I'm playing it cool. Like, yeah, yeah cool. I'll, I'll be right back. Uh, and he's like, you're not getting a Q-tip. You don't get a Q-tip for it. No, I'm getting a lighter, <laughs> son. He, he doesn't know what it is, <laughs> yeah. and I'm trying to, you know, play it cool. Just gonna grab the tweezers and kind of palm them, and so so he doesn't see. And then it was five minutes of you're not doing that to me. And I had at first I was like, it's just lint, like well, let's just get it out of there. But then I when he would him. not when he would not come to me, I was like, listen, there's a tick in your belly button, and it's sucking your blood, <laughs> <laughs> like a vampire. And the longer it's in there the worse it's getting. So we need to get it out. <laughs> it took five minutes of convincing and finally getting him to come closer. Yeah. But he was asking like, am I going to die? Yeah. Like, and it's like, no, you're not going to die. But that, that, that's the downfall of the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The weird thing was it was dead. Weird. Like, and and I'd sprayed his blood. His, <laughs> I had sprayed his shoes with permethrin when he went out in the woods with me shed hunting. So yeah. I think maybe the tick got into that. Yeah. Got sick, got up there, bit him, and then that was that yeah. was the end of it. But <laughs> as a da- like as a dad, you just face some weird situations oh, yeah. and you're always like, is this gonna ruin the kid for life? Oh, is, yeah. is this gonna be a great memory? And those little things freak him out. I mean They do. Yeah. That that can, you know, either make him or break him for wanting to go do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like are ticks everywhere? <laughs> can I die? But did you die? <laughs> Yeah, we've had some close tick calls. Yeah, that's what she said. Oh, all right. <laughs> we should help our our buddy out with the question of the day. All righty. So the question of the day is proudly brought to you by Cold Steel Professional Blades for real hunters. Okay. Hi, this is Chad Wilson. I'm from Central Pennsylvania. Um, I just had a question. Our season don't start till the end of April. Um, our turkeys are usually pretty much end up by then. Um, I just wanted to know what the best uh, option was for decoys or use them, not use them, what to use, and uh, what's the best type of calling and when I should call or when I shouldn't call. Thank you guys for your help and have a good season. Don't thank us yet. I feel like Chad got screwed today by us not having a guest on. <laughs> it, it, to me, like it, it comes down to, like first, how good a caller are you? If you're a really good caller – like some, some really good callers will not even use a decoy because they want the bird to come in curious looking around for the rest of us. You know, it's the typical, the typical, the typical setup is a hen and a Jake. Well, I was listening. Mark had just, they had just, the social team had just uploaded a video of Mark. He's been throughout the season kind of given like instructional content on on the social platform so i think i saw this one on maybe facebook or instagram on the jury outdoors channel and he was giving tips as to how to call during this part that that, of the year that this guy's talking about and he was definitely not as aggressive 
and he was talking about being trying to be a little more curious, make make the long beards a little coquettish. More, yeah, well, sure, <laughs> coquettish. <laughs> Are you sure? Like like a little bit of a tease, uh, a shy teaser. Never heard of a turkey that's coquette. <laughs> well, that's different spelling. Oh, got it. <laughs> Can't read. <laughs> I mean, it's you said it. Coquettish. In a million worlds, I've, in a million years, I would have never put those things together. But uh, I've never done it. I'm not saying I can do it. I'm just saying you said coquettish. I thought you meant you got a coked out turkey running around. Alan's nodding his head. Alan agrees. C o q u e t t i s h. Not the same at all. Maybe I'll spell out bigger words. Maybe that should have been your wildlife word, genius. Next week, tune in. <laughs> it's crazed coke. Meth His eyes were all begged. What is bugged out? <laughs> <laughs> the turkey's turkey's a humming hummingbird speed. <laughs> I, I could go for a gobbler like that, man. Coked up. Turkey. They always come come in like timid and stuff. I need one to charge in my DJs. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, speaking of the Dre Outdoor Social Channel, like the videos that they. I'm vicariously living through same anybody else on our team, basically. I'm clipping wings off Jake's over here. I haven't even seen a turkey other than a freaking what you would call a backyard bird. Like I was taking the kids to school. That's on my Instagram page. Like a group of turkeys out in the field. That's what next. they look like up close. Ah, kids. There they are. <laughs> Your daddy tries to kill these. Tries is the key word. Yeah, but anyways, th- th- there's one of the lives they did where freaking turkeys are just... I mean, like a flock of long beards coming in hot, just coming right into the, you know, Mark's calling's fantastic. So that's the key. Yeah, you know, they had Paul Butsky in, and it, they, they just had some, they've had some really fantastic footage so far. In coquettish calling. We haven't answered this poor guy's question, but <laughs> really, it's a long way of saying, we don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. I'm basically saying, ask someone else. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, from, from what Mark was saying in this video, he was talking about being, make trying to be make the turkey be a little more curious so he was talking about you might even do like some light scratching in the leaves and you're trying to pique the curiosity of the of the long beard to get him to come in and i forget what he said his decoy setup was that at that time of year because i know like certain times of year they might use a breeder uh like a lay down hen mm-hmm. with a jake or you know certain times a year um it might be a feeder hen or, or whatever the the case may be I'm, I'm i forget what he said for the the later in the part of the year though but i know up to this point they've been using a lot of breeder hens with jake's that yeah. setup up to this point but to to answer chad's question by end of april i i would think that that's they might be freeing up and looking. He's saying they're hinned up by then, but they may be looking for the, a new hen to breed. Well, and, and, and that's the thing you know, we always talk about. You know, you kill them right at the roost, or you wait two hours until they finish with their girlfriend, and then they're out cruising again looking for love. And, and it's like that 11 o'clock 
an on period, like in Missouri, you can only hunt till one o'clock. So a lot of times if you can just gut it through or maybe go get breakfast or something, come back, yeah. hunt that last little part of the morning into the afternoon. It's, you know, in my experience, there's not as much gobbling, but I think they cover more ground during that time. That's it, where you kill them with patience. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that. So the few pictures we're getting on my farm of birds, it's been 12 o'clock on. Mm -hmm. And so what it was telling me is they're not roosted on me. They're, you know, on the neighbor somewhere, they're doing their thing and they're traveling through wherever they're ending up. Cause that, like I said, I hadn't scouted it before a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. They're traveling through this piece right around lunchtime. So yeah. basically got an hour and a half. Like if I were to go set up on this part of the farm, I'd go out at like 11, 1130 and sit and just be patient. Mm -hmm. Maybe throw a call out every once in a while and see if you could, peak one's curiosity yeah. to come in a little sooner, but there it's, it's all, it's either a group of Jake's that come in or a group of long beers that come in. I'm not seeing any hens really. So mm -hmm. they're traveling through there looking for my assumption was another yeah. hen. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most exciting way to Turkey hunt, but no, it, if it gets a job done. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves to see a, a long beard coming in, strutting and gobbling their heads off. And, but like, I mean, I've hunted with Mark and dad, my whole life and they're really good callers and it elicits that response yeah. a lot of times. And, and there's a lot of people out there that are really proficient callers. Don't, doesn't mean you have to be a professional to, to be a sure. great caller. But my point is, is if you're not a great caller, you may not get quite the excited reaction as someone who knows the vocalizations of the, the wild turkey quite like that, yeah, especially during different parts of the season. You know, I forgot to I forgot to mention. We should say congratulations to my buddy Tony Cantrell, who has he's a podcast listener, has been turkey hunting for a lot of years, has never killed anything, killed his first turkey this season. Awesome, congratulations, so Tony. Tony's I think he's around forty years old. Good for him. And uh, and I don't know how many years he's been at it, but as long as I've known him, he's been trying to kill a turkey. That's cool. And uh, so it's just always interesting to me when you have an adult that's been added that keeps trying keeps trying keep close calls and but sticks with it and finally gets it done and you know it's one of those things that if you never turkey hunted you'd be like why the hell do you spend that much time and try <laughs> but if you've turkey hunted yeah. and succeeded it's a fun it is a fun style of hunting it's a fun hunt in general i i, I always get because I never get out as much. I'd love to be like Mark and Terry and Taylor and the, the group. Mm -hmm. They're hunting at basically every day of the season, yeah. and and it wears them out. I mean, it's a lot. That's a grind when you're waking up at three thirty, four every morning. You know, and and in mm -hmm. Iowa, you can hunt all day, I believe. So, yeah, you know, it can be a grind, but. Yeah, like you, I get to go out maybe a handful throughout the, the, the couple weeks season. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, I keep saying like, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Before I know it, the season's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shit, yeah. I missed it again this year. Yep. And it's by far my favorite season. Uh huh. So I don't know. It's one of those things where if you can go, you should try. I, so I'm training for an ultra marathon right now in mid-May. And I knew this was going to be an issue. So I'm training through turkey season, essentially. So my weekend time, like I try to get my long run in sometime over the weekend and turkey hunt, it's killing me. I'm sure it's you're exhausted. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, stupid. How long are your long runs? Like this yesterday should have been a 26 miler. Like, like, like how, a full how long marathon. does that take you? It should take me about five and a half hours. God, what's taking so long? I know. I need to get better. 
If you have any other running tips or anything, I'll oh yeah, yeah, get a tracker, <laughs> get an You're e-bike. Doing it wrong. Get a road ridge. <laughs> I see mountain bikers on the trail all the time, and I'm like, hey, you guys want to trade? Yeah. No take. How's your wife feel about you being gone five to six hours at a time? You know, I'm I'm very. I got the grass cut like late Friday night. Midnight. <laughs> yeah, I'm out there. It's got headlights for a reason, right? And that That's lawn right. tractor. Uh, I'm very cautious about making sure all the stuff at home is taken care of. What about the kids? I'm meaning like, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's crazy because they're five and ten, but our neighborhood is so kid friendly that it's like they wake up and they go out. It's like when I grew up in the 80s, like we spent all our time out in the neighborhood. Nice. Our parents were kind of an afterthought. Yeah. It's kind of becoming that way with Beth and I right now with the kids. They kind of perfect are out to pass. They're the perfect kids. You don't see them. <laughs> yes. They come in at nighttime, they shower up and they go to bed and feed them some snacks. The nice. downside is we're feeding the neighborhood kids snacks too, because they're in and out of our house all day long. I'll but take it if it it's, uh, keeps it's, your kids outside. Yeah. It's uh, off it's, a device. Pretty, pretty sweet scenario. Nice. How about the wildlife word? How about it? Let's do it. Wildlife Word is brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the Tom Taken Gobbler Getting DOD Signature Series of Turkey Calls. How's your mouth calling? It's coming along. Like, I, I've been practicing in the truck. Yeah. And those those jakes I had, like, so I had the, that 360 camera set up. I couldn't see where they were, so I flipped open my phone and popped open, spun around, and I could see them just hanging up, like, 20 yards up the hill from me. So I cut at them with the mouth call. And then they started coming down into it. It's like oh. which call? Because there's four, I think, four different calls in this DOD series. So which call? I'm using one of the prototypes that Mark gave me. Oh, fancy! Last year, oh. that I, I still got in a bag. I'm a fancy man. Nice. I wonder which cut it is. Um, it's. I think it's the V. It's got the the V notch in it. I don't remember what it is. I'm using the ghost tongue because I had asked him last year. I'm like, hey, man, I can't call with a crap, which is the easiest one to run because uh-huh. that, depending on the cut, it depends on how difficult it is to run it. Sure. And that uh, ghost tongue is pretty easy to use. And I mean, I, like you, I'm, I've been practicing, you know, in the truck and all that. And I've never had a need to have to call because it was a hunt, hunt with dad or hunt with Mark or whatever, but or Chris Comstock or these guys. Or would they, they allow you to call? No, and they <laughs> shouldn't. I mean, we were trying to kill a turkey. <laughs> Set these few plays up. So I've been trying to get better and more proficient. Yeah. And, and that, that ghost tongue is not that hard of a call to run, actually. I've been, I've been getting better at it. So uh, I'd say proficient enough to use in a hunting scenario. Mm-hmm. I, my go-to is still the slate. Yeah. You know, and and if it's super windy, still the that box call from that DOD signature box call. Yeah. But if a turkey came in, which I'd love to test this theory out, we're going in the morning over at the lease in Marthasville, which is loaded with turkeys. If we kill one, I'm and Scott's been practicing too. So we got two guys that hopefully can okay. make some sound that sounds like a turkey with a mouth call. <laughs> sounds promising. Yeah, man. We're, oh, oh, I'll share with it's you next week. It's crazy enough to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, so so we're talking about spitting and drumming. And spitting and drumming is a very poorly understood phenomenon in the turkey behavior world. You do a lot of research online. In fact, I texted Dr. Grant Woods. Look at you. He said, drop. Tim, I don't know. What, let who me is know. this? He let said, me know. who is this? <laughs> right. How'd you get this number? <laughs> what, you, what you find out, please let me know because I'm curious also. No way. There's not a whole lot of information on physiologically how wild turkeys spit and drum but basically the general principle is it's is it not air coming like through their body like ahead of us okay okay 
It's multiple choice. Sorry, Tim. So you'll get to, you'll get to choose here. Okay. Is, uh, so uh, spitting and drumming is a poorly understood behavior in turkeys, but it's believed to be performed by A, the indwelling of woodland magic. <laughs> B, a sharp inhale, then slow release of air. C, expelling flatulence on command. Or D, a sub in the Tom's trunk. <laughs> well, that would be an awesome answer if it was a subwoofer Maybe in the back of the Maybe some sweet LEDs trunk. around it. That's right. I think it is B, a sharp inhale, then slow release of air. You, I'm sure you thought about C, though, the expelling of flatulence on command. <laughs> <laughs> no, never crossed my mind, Tim. <laughs> So I, I read an account by a guy. So I think you're right. B is B is the answer. The background here is I, I read an account of a guy who was visiting a friend who had a farm and they had a wild turkey that had kind of become a pet and lived there on the property. And this guy was a turkey hunter and was curious. They wanted to give like he's like this is my chance to get up close and see what you know how turkey responds. And so he kind of crouched down, and this thing strutted up. And was trying to assert its dominance and started to spit and drum. And he said, best he could tell, like essentially being nose to beak with this thing, that it's it's a sharp, like instantaneous inhale, like, and then a slow release of air that it, that it just inhaled. And he said its whole body Vibrates. vibrated when it when it did that. Like the feathers. <clears throat> I know this. If you're in the woods during turkey season and that sound is behind you there is no more terrifying feeling it feels like jurassic park yes <laughs> and the, cup the of coffee is yeah quaking you're like he's here somewhere where is he and you <laughs> can't turn around because you can hear him like i i think that's why i love turkey season so much Two reasons, the spitting and the drumming and the sound of a gobble from a long beard in a hollow, like a in the wood, in deep it timber. shakes the whole timber. It is unbelievable. There's mm-hmm. nothing like it. Yeah. And we're fortunate to get to chase Easterns. And per the, the Ryan Kirby breakdown of all the different subspecies, Easterns have the loudest vocalization. Oh, the really? The loudest gobbles. Okay. So we're fortunate to get to chase it's the, awesome. the granddaddy that. of gobbles. Well, Tim, that was a great wildlife word. You got one. We yay! We're not the only ones that love the show. <clears throat> well, do tell. <laughs> We've got the people that have shoutouts. They deserve. Right. So our buddy, uh, our buddy, Mister T twenty four, over on Apple Podcasts says name. definitely is my favorite outdoor podcast. He says I love the podcast and the soundboard. You guys are awesome. No, Mister T. You are awesome. That's right, sir. I appreciate it. Listen. Okay. We got the rack pack. I always want to answer when you say listen. <laughs> All right, I will. I'm listening Sit right there now. And listen intently. <laughs> it's the best thing you can do when you're doing a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, people. We got rack pack members. They're new. The rack pack is over on Facebook. It's a private group. The Jury Outdoors, 100% wild rack pack. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is go type it in the search bar, pops up, answer a couple questions, and you're in. And then Tim picks some names. I read the names. I botch the names. And then there's a fake name somewhere in the middle. Who can tell which it is? Who I is never it? know because I screw every name up. Let's it's give good it time. a whirl. <clears throat> Let's do it. All right. 
I can't read. <laughs> All right, we got Alex Scrabout. <laughs> Is that not right? How would you pronounce that? I would probably say Alex Scrabout. <laughs> the inflection that you put on Alex's last name. <laughs> I promise, like, I'm actually really good at reading. <laughs> Allowed or? In my mind. All right. Travis <laughs> Pennington, Matt Cantreed, Steve, and Courtney Hayes. Uh-oh. Uh, we got a joint Facebook account. Somebody messed with somebody's life in some way there. <laughs> Somebody's the distrustful of somebody else here. All right. We got Joey Atkins, Travis Sartain. Travis Sartain. Mm, sounds made up. Joseph Evan Tillman. Joseph Evan Tillman. Is there a fake name in here? <laughs> Then I can all like go and reread them. Matt can't read. You son of a gun. Matt can't read. Oh. Matt can't read. That's a good one. Good times. I can't read. No. I can't read. Spent five that. hours trying to come up with that one. Is that a good use of time? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not the one paying you. <laughs> I'm supposed to get paid. Oh, shit. So you don't get paid at all? Crud. Not at this job. <laughs> Nope. Just the honor being here. <laughs> what an honor it is. Uh, well, we should tell folks that the next episode is episode number 263. And we will have a guest. Uh-oh. Pat Sajak, you better answer your phone, buddy. Could be you. Could be someone else. It could be... <laughs> could be anybody. Could be anybody. Probably won't be Pat Sajak for all, yeah. the, for all the wheel fans out there. Probably won't be Vanna White. Sorry about Yeah, that's true. Who never ages. She's a timeless classic look, too. It'd be funny if she was a hunter. I would highly doubt it, but it would be funny. Yeah. They live funny. out in, that's California territory, right? They're all out in LA, I mm -hmm. think. Yep. Yeah, they're not hunters. Yeah. Pat Sajak is a huge conservative. <laughs> it's a huge conservative. Is he? Yeah. Do you think that we have any listeners that live in California? Yes. You do? Yeah. I mean, based on the little map that we get to see based on our podcast stats, some people are listening in Cal California. Hey, if you're from California, go over to the Rack Pack and make yourself known. I want to know what you look like and... <laughs> Just see who lives in California that listens to the show. They'll probably start telling us about different highways they take to get to their jobs because that's what Californians do. Like uh, St. Louisans asking what high school you went to. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah. When I first moved down here, I was like, what What do you mean what school I went to? You have no idea what school. School of Ottawa hard Township High School. Okay. I always love it on like somebody's Facebook profile when it's like the school, the school it's like of hard knocks. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah, never wow. heard that one. That's Good one, one, fella. Working hard or hardly working. <laughs> well, I can't think of a better way to end the show than on cliches. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people tune in for. I think I'm going to throw up. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go do that. All right. Drop well, a few LBs. Listen. Practice your <laughs> archery skills a little more. I hope okay. you get another chance at the clipped winged bird. <laughs> I'll know who he is. Yeah. I see him coming. He's hop along Gretzky. That's right. Uh, we're going to Marthasville in the morning. It's going to be an early, early wake up call, 3.30, and hopefully we're going to be on top of them right off the roost. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Dougie boy, I know he listens. Him and his wife, Kate, they doubled out there. 
congrats to them. That's the landowner. So they were day two or three, I think, of the season. So nice. we're looking forward to getting back out there and trying our hand. It's got loaded with birds. And uh, if we kill a bird out there, then the pressure's off. I'm going to go back to my farm and see if I can run on into one. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Maybe accidentally trip on one. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, let's just shut, shut her down. Shut her down. All right. Until next laughing. time. Peace out. The results are in. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.